knows either. I've spent time knocking on doors, but wasn't asked to come in. Even in a picture-perfect home, there was still something missing. You know, I've watched lost people wander, thinking it was someone else's problem. People pushed aside, but no one cared to help them. So often, I found myself putting up a facade. People only cared to see my smile, not my pain. I continued to fake that I was okay. But in this house, saved people served people. In this house, we do life together. In this house, healthy people grow. In this house, we live generously. In this house, found people find people. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? 11.30 service. than last time. Sometimes this service is a little, you know, like, but you did good today. You did good today. Hey, my name is Shayla. I am actually Pastor TJ's wife. He is off from speaking this weekend, so I get the pleasure of sharing the message with you today as we close out our series in this house. But Pastor TJ will be back actually next week. We are starting a brand new series. There should be some invite cards on your seats. The series is called, What Are You Waiting For? And how many of you guys know, sometimes we need to ask ourselves that question. Sometimes we need to ask our neighbors that question. Sometimes we need to ask our spouse that question. Maybe our girlfriend or boyfriend, like, what are you waiting for? You know, you know. But it's going to be an incredible, incredible series. And so we want to invite you guys to come out to, to that service to invite your friends. I know Pastor TJ is super excited about launching that series and the messages that God has placed on his heart to communicate. Also, to all the ladies out there, we have She Gathering coming up in just a couple weeks. And if you have never been to She Gathering, we're actually doing two nights this time. It's actually going to be the same event both nights, so you can choose which night you want to attend because you ladies are so good at inviting your friends and bringing people in here, so we're having to expand that. But it's a great place for you guys to come and to build community with other ladies. We have great music, we have food, we have messages, we have ways for you to connect. And so I want to encourage you again to invite some ladies. There's some invite cards out there. You'll see a big banner that says She Gathering. So grab some cards and invite somebody to come with you. Guys, invite a lady to go. They might not be able to go with you, but invite someone to attend. So as we close out this series today in this house, this series has been all about what we value as a church. And if you're a guest here today, it is the perfect week for you to be here because as we close out this, this sermon series, you're going to learn a lot about what we value as a church about who we are, about the emphasis that we place on our values. And, and we've been talking about those values over the last four weeks, and, and we're going to talk about our final one today. But we've talked about save people, serve people. We've talked about found people, find people. We talk about we do life together, and we live generously. 
And as we're embodying those values and as we're moving forward in those values, I want to share with you just really quick the vision of our church. Because as Pastor TJ has been saying over these last few weeks, we are not the perfect church. We are not the best church. You know what? But we have a unique vision and the thing that God has called us to that we are committed to. And you know what? We really just believe in the local church. It's why we pray for other churches in every single service we have because we believe that it's not just about us here on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night, but it's about what God is doing all throughout Broward County. But our, our vision as a church is pretty unique. And we say it like this. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. So they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. And there's an actually a reason why we have it in that order, experience, know, and follow. Because how many of you guys know you can't know someone until you've experienced them? Yeah. And so when you begin to experience someone, you're like, you know what? I want to get to know them a little bit. And we create environments in this place where no matter where you're at in your relationship with God, maybe you stepped in here today and you're just giving God a shot. You've never been to church. You've never said a prayer. You've never done any of those things. But you're like, I want to see what this whole church thing is about. And you can step into this place and you can experience God. And after we've moved from experience God, we can move into knowing God, to having a relationship with God, to understanding, you know, more about him and how he equips and empowers our life. And once we know God, then we can begin to be equipped with the tools to follow God. And here's where it gets so interesting because in our culture right now, follow is such a loose word. You know, follow is like we follow people on Instagram, right? Follow means we're observing them. Well, when we talk about this, we're meaning when you follow Jesus, it actually means that you're modeling your life after him. Yeah. And so when we experience, then we know, and then we follow God. And so today we're going to talk about in this house, healthy people grow. Healthy people grow. We believe that if you're living a healthy life, then growth is a byproduct of living a healthy life. And I know that there are so many of us out there today that we want to experience growth in some area of our life. We wouldn't look at our life and say, everything is perfect. I have arrived. I am the greatest. No, there is always something that can be growing, changing, transforming in our life, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our job, whether it's our finances, whether... It's our spiritual life. It doesn't, we have never arrived. There should always be growth being produced in our life. So we want growth and we want change. We want a better marriage. We want a better financial situation. We want better relationships. We want better health. And we'll talk about wanting those things all the time, but rarely will we do what it takes to experience the growth that we want. See, growth requires some action on our part. Growth is intentional. You don't just happen into growth. So many of us are saying, you know what, I'm older, I'm getting older, you know, I'm, I'm growing. No, you're aging. <laughs> because growth is something that is intentional in our life. It just doesn't happen in our life. It requires actions, just not words. So we have to put forth the action that produces the life that we so desperately want. Yeah. 
And in Proverbs, it actually says this in Proverbs 14, 23. I love this verse. In all labor, there is profit. Basically, it's saying, listen, it doesn't say in some labor, in the big things, there's profit. It says in all labor, there is profit. Basically, if you will just do something, things can begin to change in your life. And it goes on to say, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. And here's what that means. When it says idle chatter leads only to poverty, it means when we do a whole lot of this and none of this, it leads to poverty in our life. I'll put it this way. When we talk about wanting our marriage to be better, but we do nothing to make our marriage better, then we live in impoverished relationships. If we talk about wanting a different financial situation, if we talk about wanting our finances to be different, but we make no effort to change what is happening, we live impoverished in our finances. The same is true with our health. I can talk about getting healthy all the time. I can have idle chatter about my health, but if I do nothing to change that, I am impoverished in my health. Because idle chatter leads only to poverty. So we have to begin to move out of just talking about wanting life to be different and move in to start acting our way into things being different. Because in all labor there is profit if we would just start doing something. And we would stop the idle chatter and move to action you know, I'm going to have a little soapbox moment here because I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of insight into Shayla. I'm going to give you one of my pet peeves. So please don't do this when you're around me. Okay? I despise the word try. Let me put it to you this way. If somebody comes to you and like, you know what, I'm having a get together at my house next week and I want to invite you and your family to come and you say, you know what, yeah, I'll try to make it. What does that mean? I ain't coming. You know what? We're a group of us. We're going we're gonna to start going to the gym. You know what? I want, why don't you meet me at the gym on Monday morning? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to get up and make it. You aren't going. See, we use this word try. I'm going to try to come up with a budget so my finances will change. No, you won't. You're just giving yourself an excuse not to do it. What if we eliminated try from our vocabulary? I say this, trying is lying. You either do or you don't. It's either yes or no. What trying does, what, we, what happens when we say, I will try to make it, basically, it's a comfort, it's a complacent, it's an excuse and a way out of commitment. Yeah. And if you really think about it, how many times do we say, try, I was just having a conversation with Brandon outside. He said, you know, I've been trying to read this book. I'm like, what? Sorry to call you out, Brandon. <laughs> but you know, so many times we use this word so casually because most of us, a lot of us, are committed to our comfort rather than committed to change. We want things to be different. We want life to look different. We want growth in our life. But what we're really committed to is comfort rather than change. And honestly, there is a price to pay for growth. It will cost us something. 
But I think what we don't realize in our day-to-day life is that our complacency costs us something as well. It costs us our health. It costs us our relationships. It costs us our financial future, our peace, our hopes, our dreams. See, what do you think costs you more, the pain of growing or the pleasure of complacency? Because complacency will always cost you more than the pain of growth because you're going to continue in the same space you are in life forever. Because the reality is, you guys, nothing changes if nothing changes. And we are hoping that our marriage gets different. We are hoping that our finances are different. We are hoping that, you know what, my spiritual life is going to be different. But until we begin to act our way to change, nothing changes. And I think a lot of times we think, man, it's hard to change. But the reality is living a healthy life and a growing life isn't as hard as we think it is. And the message I feel like I'm supposed to communicate to you guys today is actually a super practical message. And I even struggled with it. I'm like, Lord, are you sure? It's not very spiritual. But sometimes, how many of you guys know, we need to have practical things in our life in order to produce change. And so it's going to be super practical today. We're going to start in the book of Romans Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and this is out of the message version of the Bible. And the message version just kind of puts things in plain terms. And I loved how it put this passage of scripture, and it says this. You can read along in your notes or look on the screen. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, And place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, and he develops well-formed maturity in you. Before I dive into these keys of growth, there is one thing that I see stand out so much in this verse, and it's God helping you, laying your life before God as an offering, embracing God, fixing your attention on God. The greatest thing that you can do to produce growth in any area of your life is to first and foremost invest in your relationship with God. Because let me tell you something, out of your relationship with God, your life, your marriage, your relationships, your finances, all of those things will begin to adjust themselves. And here's how I know that. In Galatians 5, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And what the fruits of the Spirit are, they're actually what is produced in our life when we are full of God. So it's like when we are full of something, that is what's being produced in our life. And what Galatians 5 says, it says that the fruit of the Spirit will be evident from your relationship with God. And these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love. How many of you guys could use more love? Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. 
goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Hello. If we would just invest in our relationship with God, do you know why our marriage would be different? Because we know how to love, because we're connected to the source of love. That I know how to be patient with my spouse who annoys me to no end at times. You know how our health looks different? It's because when we are full of God's spirit, do you know what it says? Is that we will be self-controlled, that we will be faithful. Do you know how our finances look different? Again, self-control, faithful, patient, discipline, all of those different things. All of that is produced from being full of God's spirit. So the greatest thing that we can do to produce change in our life is to first and foremost invest in our relationship with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. Because let me tell you something, if you do that, all of the other areas are going to begin to shift. Because the reality is we can try to change our marriage, our finances, our job, our health, all of those things. But how many of you guys know those things can be gone in an instant? It can be so fleeting in a moment those things can be gone. But do you know what is with you forever? Jesus Christ, the fruit of the spirits that you possess inside of you, that when you are walking through the most difficult season of your life and you are lonely and you've lost everything and you're in financial ruin or you've walked through tragedy, you know what? God's spirit is inside of you giving peace in the middle of the storm. That he's giving you joy when you didn't even know it could be present. Because God's spirit is what sustains you when your circumstances are out of control. So the greatest thing that we can do, the greatest decision that we could ever make would be to invest in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you can't change your circumstances. You can't change the people that are in your life. You can only change you. And so let's get really, really practical here. How do we live a life that is growing? The first thing is this, start small. What I see happening in this verse, the first part of this verse, it says this, God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. So many times when we want to see things different in life, man, we make these grandiose plans. It's why at the beginning of the year, everybody sets their New Year's resolution. And how many follow through on their New Year's resolution? Rarely anyone. It's because we set these goals, these big goals. I need all of these things to change, but yet we follow through on none of them. And what I see here in this verse is take my everyday ordinary, my going to, to sleep, my, my job, my walking around life, the little things in life, and begin to, to shift things. Starts with the small things. Again, it goes back to in all work there is profit. And so maybe for you, you want your health to begin to look a little bit different. You know what? Start taking some healthy snacks to work. Start small. Don't think, man, I have to change everything. Start somewhere. You know what? Take the stairs at work instead of taking the elevator. Don't go to Starbucks twice a day. Go once a day. How about instead of 
opening Instagram or the news app in the morning, you open the Bible app. You know, you start small. You start with the little things. It's not that we have to change everything all at once, but if we can begin to, to focus on the minute details of our life, the small, everyday, ordinary life, things can begin to change. What do they say? A journey of a thousand miles begins with what? A single step. How do you eat a pizza? One slice at a time. One bite at a time. Starts with the really, really small things that lead us to the places that God has for us, the, the desires of our heart. As I was studying for this message, I came across this scenario that was given to, to some people, and the scenario was this. If you were given a choice to receive $1 million in one month or a penny doubled every day for 30 days, which one would you choose? Which one would you guys choose? You guys know it's a trick question. You're like, can't be true. So, so many of us, the million dollars is like the New Year's resolution. I want this in my life. But the penny is the small decision. And let me show you what a penny doubled every day for 30 days does. I can't even read. It doesn't start with having a million dollars starts with having a penny. And what this is called is called compound interest. And when we begin to take the small, minute details of our life, when we begin to wake up five minutes earlier, when we begin to try to find something positive, one positive thing in our day, maybe it's one less cigarette a day, one less drink a day, Dropping Starbucks, getting up 10 minutes earlier, whatever it is, if you can just do something small every single day, you get to the $5 million number. You get to the life that you've always hoped and dreamed of. And it doesn't start with the million dollars. It starts with the penny. It starts with where you're at. It starts with what do you have in your hand right now. The change that we so desperately want, the growth that we want, the life that we want begins with the simple, small details of our life. Number two, the really bad D word, be disciplined. Goes on to say in this verse, after it's saying, take your sleeping, eating, going to work, it says, place it before God as an offering. Do you know what offering is? It's actually a sacrifice. It's actually giving up something. It's taking the little small things and saying, I'm going to take these small things and I'm going to give them up. I'm going to start small. I'm going to be disciplined in the small things every day so I get to the $5 million number. So you give it to God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And then it says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And this is what's happening for so many of us. We live in a microwave culture. We live in a fast food culture where it's like, I want the change that I want, and I want it right now in five minutes. You know what? I see that person on Instagram that's so successful. How do I get there? And it's taken them five years to get there, and you're like, five minutes. Why am I not there yet? 
And we begin to abandon everything because we, we can't start small and have the daily disciplines that it takes. And here's what I want to tell you. Daily disciplines is what leads you to your destination. Daily disciplines is what leads you to the life that you so desperately want. It's all on the other side of discipline. And how many of you guys know the results of discipline don't just happen after one time? I'm going to throw TJ under the bus a little bit so you guys don't tell him because he's not here. What happens in this room stays in this room, okay? So TJ has made a decision recently that he wants to get healthy. And TJ is not like the majority of us. I'm a start small person. TJ is like all in, give me the biggest step there is. He's not like take a little step. He's like, I'm going to take a jump into everything I do. So he decides I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to go to CrossFit. Now he's done CrossFit before, but it's been years. So he decides I'm going to go to CrossFit. I'm going to get healthy. After about a week and a half of doing CrossFit, he comes home a little bummed one day. I was like, hey, what's, what's going on, TJ? Why, why are you so bummed out? He's like, I'm not losing any weight. <laughs> it's been a week and a half. I'm only gaining weight. And here's what I noticed in that moment. In the middle of discipline, sometimes we don't, we don't see the results right away. But the people around us see the shift happening. Because I could look at TJ, I said, you might have not lost pounds, but you have lost inches. Because I see you every day, and I see the transformation that is happening. And so we might not see it, we might not feel it right away, but discipline brings something so amazing, something so transforming in our life. Because even in the middle of discipline, there can be this joy and this encouragement and all of those things in the middle. Because you know, at the same time he's going to CrossFit, the majority of the time he comes home pumped. Oh my gosh, I did like 57 cleans and like 400 push-ups and 100 thousand pull-ups, you know, like he's just like going off on all the things he did because he's pumped that he has completed it, that he's kept going. It feels good. It's motivating. I did not give up. Yeah. Yep. So even in the middle of, of difficulty, even in the middle of discipline, there can be so much reward and so much just encouragement that comes from it. If we'll just keep going, listen, don't just jump into CrossFit. Start small and be disciplined. There's this thing called the 1% factor. And the 1% rule is, is, is simple. It says this, improve just 1% each day. 1%. And the idea is, is that if you can improve 1% each day, the good habits you develop actually stack over time. And what ends up happening is if you can, if you can do 1% change, if you can bring a snack to work, if you can take the stairs, if you can do one less Starbucks, if you just slowly begin to be consistent in the 1% change, over time, your life will look completely different than it does today. If we're committed to doubling the penny, 
if we're committed to changing the 1%, if we're disciplined and doing something small every single day, it will change everything. See, the reality is in life, so many of us think, well, I can, just, I can just go through life and it's not bad. I can just coast. You know, there's nothing bad happening. The problem is you don't coast uphill. You climb. You take it one step at a time. Growth doesn't just happen by accident. Growth is very intentional. What if you woke up every day and said, how can I be a little bit better today? Can I wake up a few minutes earlier? Can I find at least one positive in today? And let me tell you, sometimes it's hard. Can I walk a little more? Can I improve my relationship a little more? Can I eat a little bit better? I mean, just a tiny bit. <laughs> Our growth is intentional, but if we can just focus on changing something, just one little thing, and be disciplined in doing that, your life will begin to shift. How many of you guys like John Maxwell? Heard of John Maxwell? Recently, or not, wait, maybe about six or eight months ago, I had picked up this book, and I started reading through it, and there was such transformation that began to happen in my thinking. This book is called Intentional Living. And it's simply what he talks about is living intentionally every single, single day and the small things and the little things. Who would read this book if I gave it to you? Hands kind of went. <sighs> Dave, come up here. I'll give it to you. This doesn't, I don't just call people out. Last service, I called somebody out. It was their first time. Like, oh boy. Can I pray for you? Will you guys extend your hand towards Dave? Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, I thank you for Dave. God, I thank you for the dreams and the plans that you have placed in his heart. God, I thank you for the big, wild, hairy, audacious plans that he has for his life and his business. And God, I pray that through this book, through this service, God, that you would begin to shift the areas of Dave's life that needs to change so that he can focus on the growth, God, that he so desperately wants in his life. Pray, Lord, that as the words come off the page, God, that he would be inspired and encouraged. Lord, that everything that he puts his hand to would prosper. Lord, that you would give peace in his life in the areas that he needs peace and the strength to grow. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks, Dave. You know, in that book, it, it talks about this conference that he went to. How many procrastinators do we have out there? Raise your hand. I am totally a procrastinator, okay? Like, I, procrastinators unite in this place. So there is this thing that he talks about in this book because so many times we have a tendency to procrastinate. We have a tendency to put off growth or put off change or put off discipline or, or put off the things that we need to do in order to accomplish something. And so as he's sitting in this conference, he hears the speaker saying, listen, the key to doing this is simple. I want you to do two things. He said, when you go to bed at night, it's actually one thing, it's just twice a day. When you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning... I want you to do this simple thing. I want you to say, do it now 50 times. 
before you go to bed, and I want you to say, do it now 50 times when you get up. Do it now, 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 do it now. And just keep repeating that in your head. 50 times when you go to bed, 50 times when you wake up. I was like, we'll see John Maxwell. So I start doing it. Do it now, 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 do it now. 50 times before I went to bed, 50 times when I got up. Do you know what happened when I went to put something off? Do it now, 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 do it now. You know what happens when you go to turn off that alarm in the morning and go back to bed? Not to go back to bed, but to get up. Do it now, 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 do it now. It totally transformed what I accomplished throughout my day. Because really it is the small things that we put off, the things that we think are insignificant, meaningless. But as I began to hear that little chant in my head, TJ was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Those small things began to shift. And if we, we can begin to, to transform what's happening up here so that we can be more disciplined in the very small, minute details of our life. We will end up in the life that we have always dreamed of, in the marriage that we have always dreamed of, in the financial situation that we have always hoped for, in the health situation that we've always wanted. Number three, stay focused. It continues on in this verse to say, instead, fix your attention on God. Again, God is the key in all of this, the best relationship you can invest in. You will be changed from the inside out. It says readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. What I see happening here is fix your attention. Take your everyday, eating, drinking, going to work, all of those things. Lay it before God as an offering to discipline. But then you need to fix your attention. You need to stay focused and to respond in those moments that we need to respond. See, what we focus on determines our future. When your focus is having a good marriage, what do you do? You put effort there because you're focused on it. When you are focused on financial freedom in your life, there is effort and intention there because that's what you're fixated on. When your focus is getting healthy, it's easier to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. Because your focus is right. So we have to find ways to say focus. Actually in Habakkuk 2.2 it says this, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. What this means is like keep the vision in front of you. Keep the life that you desire in front of you. Keep the relationship that you desire in front of you. Where do you want it to be? I've gone so far as to start writing out sticky notes and sticking them in my car so that when I'm driving to work, that that is what I'm seeing and that is what I'm remembering. Maybe you need to write scripture verses that remind you about who God says you are so that you can remember to stay focused. Not in how you feel, but in who God says you are. 
Maybe you need to do something as simple as putting in your calendar, encourage my wife today. It's time to go home to spend time with your family. Keep it in front of you. Your focus determines your future. What you're focused on, you're committed to. What you're focused on is, is here. Another way to get focused is to have the right people in your life. You know, when TJ started to get healthy, I decided I need to get healthy, but I wasn't taking the CrossFit stuff. I decided I need to go to the gym. But I knew that if it was just me going to the gym, I wasn't going to show up. I was going to try. So I asked a friend, will you, will you go to the gym with me? She didn't need to work out. She would already worked out that day. But I know if I didn't show up, she was going to be there without me. I needed accountability. I needed focus so that I would show up, so that I would stay disciplined, so even in the small things in my life. That's why we provide things like connect groups. Because you know what, if our finances are struggling, do you know what, we have a, a connect group, financial peace. Do you know what, you can go there and you can find other people that are focused on financial freedom. Who are going to walk with you, who are giving you the tools to start small. To lead you to a place maybe you've never been. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship. There are so many relationship connect groups, marriage connect groups. Get around a group of people that are focused on strengthening their marriage. And allow them to hold you accountable. And let me tell you something about accountability. So many times we think, I need to be accountable to somebody. I need to, I need to get up 10 minutes early in the morning. You know what, Melissa, will you text me in the morning to make sure I'm up 10 minutes early? That's not accountability. Accountability is me texting Melissa and saying, I'm up. And she can cheer me on, or good job, or what happened yesterday, Shayla? <laughs> we have to surround ourselves in order to keep our focus on the right things. Because the life that we desire, the relationships, the finances, the health, the spiritual growth that we desire, it's one decision away. It's one percent away. It's one penny away. Because if we would just start small, if we would start in the minute details of our life, it would lead to a whole different life that is healthy and growing. So what are the areas that you need to grow in in your life? What are the small things that you need to start doing? Because healthy people are growing people. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? I want you guys to walk away with two things today. Number one is investing in your relationship with God is crucial to the transformation that you want to see happen in every area of your life. 
And number two is not that you have to change everything, but start with something. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And God, I lift up every single life in this place. Lord, none of us are at a place in our life where we can stop growing or that you want to stop using us. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the areas that we need to grow. That you would show us, God, the little small tweaks that we can make in our life consistently that lead us to the life, the marriage, the health, the finances, the relationships that we desire, that you would give us the ability to stay committed and disciplined and focused. God, that you would make us healthy, growing people. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.